welcome to RSF, the Revolutionary Sports Front, your dirty, nasty, and controversial sports talk podcast for all things Detroit sports and sports worldwide. Here are your hosts, Tony, Joey, Frank, and Gerard, four lifelong friends born and raised in South Detroit. Revolutionary Sports Front, Season 2, Episode 1, Debut. The boys are back in town. It's been way too long. And happy Sunday on uh, a beautiful August 27th, um, the day after uh, one of the biggest fights in combat sports history. What better day to kick off uh, our new and improved Season 2 of the Sports Revolution. Uh, To my left, special guest, my pops, John Walker. To his left is Tony no other Preston and Jerry and I as always Joe via Skype. We're back, Boys. fellas. What's up? What's up? How's it going? <laughs> so um, we're gonna jump right into it, man. What, like I said in the intro here, what what a better day uh, to start the season. Uh, sorry to the fans, it's it's been too long. But before we dive into the fight and football and all that fun stuff, we just want to give a quick shout out. To, uh, you know, this this show's gone national, so to our Houston demographic and those who uh, aren't fortunate enough to have electricity or are are in some deep deep water no pun intended uh shout out to you guys and uh hope everything's okay and everything will be all right it always works out just hang in there and you'll be listening again next week hopefully so that being said um you can't get past what happened last night man um it was the most talked about fight seems like it was all we heard about for for a year was connor versus floyd which is ufc versus boxing there was a a number of different angles and narratives and routes that people wanted to take with this and it finally happened whether you're at your buddy's house your family's house just watched it by yourself like a creep who knows um (laughs) we it happened and it went 10 rounds and floyd got the better of him but it still leaves a lot of questions i just jotted a couple down for for just thought's sake uh was it more or less than we expected was it an early stoppage will connor box again or is he gonna go back to the ufc is floyd done for real this time um who who really won UFC or boxing? Those are just a couple things. You guys are free to talk about whatever you want, and uh, I got my take on it too. But uh, I guess we can start with uh, with the guest, pops. What would you think, well, Johnny hey, Walker, ladies and gentlemen? Good to be with you guys. It was an entertaining fight, no doubt. I think uh, no one can say they didn't get their money's worth. Uh, but in the end, uh, I think the general consensus around the around the country, at least everyone I talked to. Everyone was kind of rooting for McGregor, but deep down they knew that uh, that Floyd was uh, you know, a little too smart and a little too experienced to get whipped. Although, those first couple rounds looked pretty questionable. And uh, with uh, Mayweather not throwing a punch, you know, we all started to maybe believe a little bit. But uh, but in the end, he played a smart fight, and I believe that he was kind of, the, the thought passed my mind a few times, you know, he was maybe doing a little rope-a-dope there. And, uh, and letting him gas himself out. And, man, about halfway through the fight, you can start to see that if that was his strategy, indeed, it was working. And, uh, you know, from that point on, yeah, there was no hope. I do, I do believe things were a little bit biased. Uh, I, I believe the, uh, the officiating uh, took advantage of a few opportunities to give him a little bit of a, a rest and, uh, and all that. But in the end, uh, you can't deny the outcome was the one, it, you know, it was the correct one. And I do think it was a little bit of a premature ending. 
Yeah, I mean, I agree with almost everything you said there, John. I mean, every kind of, you know, like the roof of the underdogs, everybody's kind of hoping everybody sees the first three rounds, which all went to McGregor in my book, but I guess the judges didn't feel that way. And How then, can you win a round when you don't throw a punch? Yeah, <laughs> like, I was just looking up the scorecards. Only one judge had McGregor winning all for the first three rounds, which was pretty clear. I mean, Mayweather threw 11 punches in the first three rounds. There's no way you can win those. McGregor came yeah. out, and he was on top, and he almost connected on a couple of shots that might have hurt him, but... Mayweather has a better chin than I thought, but it was like just like you said, everybody kind of knew at the, at the end of the day Mayweather was going to win, not McGregor. But at the beginning, you kind of got some hope. But I think there's a lot that goes into it. But I think the worst part about it was just a premature ending to the fight. In my in my opinion, I mean, it was a great fight. It was as Frank asked, is it more or less than expected? It's more. I thought it was honestly going to be more like the Pacquiao fight. Nobody's going to land anything, and we're all going to be like, wow, we wasted our time again. Mm-hmm. But now I feel like I wasted my time just because they stopped it so early. I don't get how you can have a knockout when nobody hits the canvas. Like, I guess in boxing that happens more often than I knew about, but you want to see a knockout, you know, look up Henderson knocking out Bisping. Go YouTube that. That's what a knockout is. That but knock- also, I mean, he jumped in. The, the ref jumped in there to stop the fight, and then when you watch the replay... It's like, yeah, Floyd's throwing all these shots, but he only connected on about half, less than half of them. Because like a lot of those, said, a lot of those he missed. Connor wanted to go down on, uh, on Floyd's terms. He's like, let the man well, put me down. Exactly that. Yeah, let, let, let the man put me down. He said, he said, let, me, yeah. let him put me down. I get, I get wobbly when I'm fatigued. You, but I, I, you can go on into that all day. You know? it's, just, it's, just, it's the biggest fight we might get to see in our lifetime. Like, I mean, for John, he's a little bit older, so he got to see like, your Frazier's, your Joel Foreman's, that kind of thing. He was more involved in like the Vander. We were old enough for Tyson Holyfield, but we, Sorta, yeah. we didn't really get to know about it. But this is like what might be the biggest fight we ever get to see. And they called it way too soon. Well, wow. you know, there's there's a uh, there's victory, and then there's a moral victory uh, that would have been won just by going the distance. You know, kind of like the Rocky Balboa thing. You know, and uh, and I think he could have gone. You know, it, it, if you if you flip the scenario there, there was a couple of things. I don't remember what round it was in, but it was it was the round where where uh, McGregor finally figured out when he turned his back, and he was turning his back. Uh, you know, don't don't mount him and, and start going going for the takedown. Walk around the other side and keep hitting him. And and the ref found an excuse to uh, to break that up and uh, separate them for a minute and, and let him get his legs again. And uh, you know he didn't get that same advantage to uh, McGregor when he was kind of taking some heat there. I think they should have let it go. He's a young guy. He's strong. He's tough. And uh, they could have just waited and saw what happened. It wasn't like his life was in danger. Well, Joe, yeah, John, I, Joe, you heard that Rocky analogy. I knew you were about to pop in. Go ahead. I was going to just kick it over to you. <laughs> well, I was, I was going to say I thought the exact same thing of what John just said in the ninth round. Uh, the start of the round, McGregor came out pretty hot. He had uh, Mayweather in the corner. Mayweather turned his back as he was all night, and and McGregor <laughs> started, you know, keep keep punching him, and all of a sudden they get broken up, and then there's like a little exchange between the ref and the two of them in the middle of the ring, and that that just changed the entire round right there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what the hell is this? You know what I mean? What, what is going on right now? And then after that, uh, Mayweather took over the round. He kind of like got to reset his bearings and everything. But, I, you know, if, if the ref doesn't pull that crap in the ninth round, uh, it could have been down, completely right? different because it was only one round later that, that the TKO went down. Yeah. And, yeah, I, I, I do think it, it got stopped way too early. Um, he was taking hits, flush, and smiling at, at Mayweather. Man, they weren't, they weren't affecting him. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, he, he, he definitely looked tired, but he wasn't wobbly, man. Like he, there's a difference. There's a guy who looks tired and there's a guy who looks wobbly. I, I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, 
kind of a big boxing fan. I've seen guys get TKO'd for being like, you know, not being able to fight, but they're like, they are beat to shit. Like they've been knocked down already. Like there's, there's no like, you know what I mean? It, it always yeah, there was no damage to his face, no cuts, no right. bleeding. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like there, there's no knockdowns ever. Like, like, the, like know where she come was. on, man. He, he was, he was punching back. I think so. it's I do if you're talking about victory for UFC or boxing I have to go with a victory for the UFC because he lasted what well, was the 10th round right Yeah so he lasted half, roughly about 30 almost minutes halfway with through the 10th round Mayweather's not walking into the octagon against a low 145 pounder and walking out after a minute Oh so. no not even 30 seconds but I I think that what uh John and Joe just just said I think I hope for I mean we haven't really got a chance to gauge the the rest of the media besides ourselves but I really hope that people caught that because the ninth round was a big deal, and I'm, I'm sure people caught it, but um, yeah, man, he stung him in that ninth round, and there was a little creepiness going on, and that cha- it did change things, because then that's when Floyd had his, he had a chance to get himself back together, and then he won the rest of the round, and then the tenth is, is what all she wrote, and I think that uh, people need to realize that ninth round was big, because uh, some of the, if you look at the judges, how they had it scored, I think it was like 86 to 85 in that ninth round. We came to find out that it was nowhere even close to that in reality, but the predictions, how they do that, it was really close. So that was a big turning point was that ninth round and then that whole little turnaround yeah. deal, and it was intentional. I mean, I'm know. glad I was – in all reality, it's good that it went to uh, – they should have just let it go long. They should have let McGregor actually get knocked down before they called it, and it probably would have happened in the 11th. I'm not saying it would or would not have, but if it would have gone to the judges after 12 and I would have seen those scorecards, I would have been livid. With the frickin' I just looked at one was eighty nine eighty two. They had McGregor only winning the first, and that's ridiculous. He won the second and third. It's not even close. And then he also got maybe the seventh or eighth. He got in there too. You know. I, I wanted to say one more yeah. thing before because I, I forgot to write this one down, but I thought about it last night. You had uh, boxing experts, and uh, one of them being that that Max. What's his last name? Kellerman. Max Kellerman, the one that took Skip Bayless's spot on a national show, who's supposed to be an expert. He came from the boxing world. <laughs> Came from the boxing world and literally came out to uh, a fan base which has millions, and said that Connor wouldn't land a punch. Did anybody on this panel believe that? And can and now that it's all played out the way it did, how I mean, how do, how does a guy like that who's a quote unquote expert come out and say he's not going to land Dude, one punch? That's and he goes ten with rounds. The sports media nowadays is just hyperbole, as they said. I said when the ticket hyperbole, it's just it's horrible. Like that's the stupidest thing you could say that McGregor's not going to land a punch. McGregor can land a punch on literally anybody in the world. He's like the Boy, were they dead, warrior. dead wrong? Because that first round uppercut landed flush. Yep. Yeah, if he would have hit with the McGregor. Yeah, got, I mean, I didn't think May, I didn't think McGregor was going to win a round, but I figured he might land a couple shots. I, which, thought, he, I thought it would just be a boxing match. Go ahead. I was just going to say though, in, in all due respect, uh, I don't think McGregor is waking up this morning still saying that boxing's for pussies. You know, no, I think, I think he he gained a little bit of respect for a very wise fighter and a guy who uh, who landed some shots, but but at the end of the day, the deck was stacked against him, and they were not going to let him win. That no, fight there was one way or the other. They just were not. Vegas was about to be out a shitload of money, and they you know they set it up earlier in the week too. I mean, you can say ten had all you want, but there's no way that it wasn't three zero. I mean, you can look at the scorecards and see that it was set up. Like, there's nothing about it. Like, it was a TK or whatever. But early in the week, they had judges come out and say or. Or old referees say, like, oh, we might stop this fight a little early because, you know, McGregor's never boxed before. If he gets in a position, we'd stop it because we don't want to be liable if the guy dies in the ring, something like that. So they set it up with, like, this death versus, like, getting knocked out. They make it this huge ordeal. So now when it happens, they can be like, oh, we told you this might happen. And it's just, 
Because in the it's last the reason five why nobody, years, Mayweather just boxed, knocked out so many guys. Yeah, boxing isn't exciting because of the way everything's rigged and set up. Like, on all the undercard fight, all the money team guys won, and that's what they do. They do that shit on purpose. It's ridiculous. Well, I was going to yeah, say, yeah. they had these guys build their records so they can get to, like, 30-0, and 0, and they put up these, like, guys that have no business in the ring with them so they get to 30-0, and 0, and then you have these big fights with these two guys that are 30-0, and, and they've really fought nobody. They've been fighting Joe Schmo off the street. It's killed the sport of boxing. It's why it's never be popular again, and I'm actually kind of glad. That it's going to be irrelevant. Yeah, and, but- and that's that's the difference between boxing and UFC. I mean, you look at UFC, you can compare UFC to like another professional sport like basketball or football, the, the way it's set up. I mean, you're going to fight at that weight. Everyone's using the same gloves. Uh, everyone's wearing the Reebok trunks. And, uh, and, and that's that. In boxing, I mean, you saw how this went down. You can you pick the fucking ref. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you, you sit down and you come to a terms on – Everything you do for that match to where you can even change the rules and go down to eight ounce gloves They should have been using ten ounce gloves, but somehow they figured it out and the boxing commission let them do it and uh, and, and it really comes down to money and who's promoting it and half the half the top fighters are promoters themselves uh, or for themselves um, It's it's pretty interesting how boxing is so much different than than UFC and I think uh, Connor saw that as well like you know, it's that it's not like the UFC where everything is pretty much uh, kind of set in stone. You know, I mean, it, it's 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 very regimented in the UFC where it's not like that in boxing. Yeah, one thing I was gonna say to Jerry's point about the ref saying possibly stopping it a little early because of like the whole oh he could die thing. It's like he's in a sport where he can literally get kicked in the fucking head and elbowed in the head when he's on the ground. I think he, I think he can handle a few punches while he's standing up. <laughs> Dude, I maintain as much with as, eight ounce as much as a spectacle as they made out of this, they should have made like some funny like they should have made just a whole new set of rules. McGregor should have been allowed one kick per round, elbows are in play in the clinch. You know what I'm saying? Like add like a little bit of it. They should have I mean they should have done something like that. Well he know? kinda he took that upon himself. Uh, if I was McGregor, I would have came out in the seventh when I knew I was about to lose and kicked him square in the dome. They should have just agreed to a Muay Thai match. You're like the 20th person I've heard say that. Everyone's like, oh, McGregor's just going to get like pissed off and just yeah. no, well, throw an I elbow. Mean, it was fun to joke about. About. He lost right 90% of the money he would have made if he kicked him in the head. And you know he was doing it for the money. It was a money grab. And he's a genius for doing it because he never has to fight again. And he set up with more money than we'll ever see. But I would have kicked him in the fucking face. Seriously. You <laughs> would have lost 90% of that $100 million. You know, yeah, I would have gone and done Diaz fucking McGregor 3 and made all the money back. Seriously. like I would have kicked him in the fucking <laughs> dome. <laughs> Man, I will say this, though. The second he turned his uh, back to me, I would have just fucking to the temple. Straight up. Settle down. Man, I, I will say this, though. I thought McGregor's gloves looked pretty fly. I was I was, I was looking at his his uh, his uni, and I was like, damn. like if he, yeah. if he wins this fight, he's going to look good doing it, man. Yeah, he was styling. He was styling. The only thing that kind of g- gave me some pause was, you know, in Rocky Four, how I, obviously everybody was on America's side, Rocky and... Shouldn't we all have it on Mayweather's side because he was for America last night and nobody no. having a you know? No. I mean, May- Mayweather should never represent America. <laughs> That's yeah. coming from a captain in the court. Lucky there's not, no suspension not, in that not, sport not for hitting women. Man. Mayweather never be allowed to fight again. Mayweather, yeah, no, I'm not going to What's fucked up? Yeah, okay, he can't dude, even knock out women. Blow. And they gave him a TKO. Blow, 300 million. No, Jerry was coming on to something. I just wanted to say another one I didn't write down. But now that you mentioned with the, the big payday and we're talking about UFC versus boxing, and I, I had a chance actually before bed. I wasn't sleeping very well, so I was listening to the, the post-fight presser. With It was just the two promoters, Dana and whoever the Mayweather's guy's name is. I forget his name. 
and uh, and then Connor and Floyd came on. But when Dana was up there, of course, a lot of questions from the media were, "What are you going to do if other fighters want to go into boxing? And is Connor going to box again? And what if Connor was a boxer from day one and all this stuff? And is he going to go back to his lower weight like wages and all that?" And basically, uh, Dana White was just deflecting the questions. He's like, "Man, this is just a rare oppor- opportunity, a uh, right place at right time." He doesn't really seem to be wanting any part of this whole boxing. He's like, I just can't wait to go back to the UFC. I just wanted to see what you guys think about how this plays out as far as other fighters and trying to make a big big payday. And uh, I kind of tend to more agree with Dana, thinking this is kind of just a right place yeah. in the stars. I, yeah. Earlier in the week, Dana White said that McGregor's a unicorn. He can do whatever he wants, and that's true. He's like the only fighter that's going to be able to do this. And he has he has he he's the best trash talker I've ever seen, and... He just—he's a genius when it comes to how he promotes himself and does everything. I, McGregor can literally do what he can do. Diaz three, he can go up and fight he Woodley. Can do nothing. He can—that's the beauty of it. Yeah, <laughs> he can do nothing if he wants to. And and uh, marketing wise, it's a stroke of genius because this is the kind of fight that's only spoken of hypothetically on a bar stool. You know, it, like how how many times have we had this conversation? And and guys like us, you know, where oh man, you know, uh, MMA versus boxing. Whatever it's like, they did it, and it, it, you couldn't even. I can't think of any, even even the thrill in Manila. You know, you had seen these guys fight before. You know, you kind of knew it was going to be work on the body and the head must fall versus float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. This you just didn't know what to expect, and it was a it was a brilliant piece of marketing. And and the thing that I noticed is that they they showed a little clip before the fight where uh, McGregor was celebrating a sixty thousand dollar win. You know, like it was a king's ransom. And at the end of that fight, when they were interviewing him, this last fight, he didn't look very upset. I'll say that, man. They're asking, "What are you going to do? You going to box? You going to go back to the octagon?" He's like, "I don't know." He's like, I got I'll a couple of belts to defend for a while first. Dude, I'll tell you what he's about. With the first thing he did before he went out partying was count the pay per view buys and add up how much these zeros he's going to have his bank count, how many comments to put in there. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? How many Rolls Royces he's not going to buy? <laughs> Put the money in the bank instead. Hopefully. Yeah. Mayweather's yeah. about to go broke again, too. He bought a fucking Bugatti before the fight, before he even had the check, before he had the money in his hand. He's out there buying $5 million cars. What do you and, got, and Joe? He, what are you saying? You know you know what the bitch of it is, though, is you're not going to see vice versa. Like, honestly, like, yeah, Connor could go to boxing because Connor basically boxed in the octagon anyways, right? Like, I mean, he was a stand-up type guy. He loved to knock dudes out with his fist, right? When you go to um, when you go from boxing to MMA, uh, you have to add seven tools to the toolbox. You keep, you're not dropping tools to go over to boxing. You know what I'm saying? How about James and I, Tony? And so you're not going to see Canelo go to UFC next time to, to to fight somebody, and you know what I mean try to try to sell out some huge UFC fight card. Like it's not going to happen. So you're not going to see vice versa. And so you, you go to the point about. When they are asking Dana White, you know, is this ever going to happen again? It, it has to be unicorn because you can't have every UFC fighter want to just try boxing and get a payday. Yeah, no one wants, and then come to back to the that. UFC. That'd be stupid, yeah, and no one's gonna, no one's gonna buy that. You know, I mean, no one's gonna buy it like this one was. Connor, Connor, like Jerry said, could promote a fight like it, like like none other, and Besides he did it like against Floyd. Mayweather. Yeah, you know, what I mean, perfect storm. You, yeah, you got Nate. You got two big names in there. Uh, two guys who know how to promote fights. It. The combination won't happen for a long, long time. I think um, what you might see is, uh, is is maybe an outreach by boxing to do some mixed cards, because uh, you know if now uh, now you're thinking, John. I like that. I never thought of that before. Well, I was thinking of it yesterday with the undercards. They were extremely boring by and large, 
And I was thinking, man, they, they could have thrown an octagon match in here and just made the interest level go way up. And, and you can see them doing it because boxing needs to do something. Number yeah, they one, need to pivot. Very corrupt, uh, you know, over the years, and no one, no one has any faith in in the uh, uh, in the integrity. Uh, and I think that even showed last night because th- there were some decisions there that I think were based on business and not on the right thing to do. Oh yeah, for, uh, and look at the crowd. Look at the crowd. We were watching their perfect view. That you got these guys out there that you. I mean, I'm sure in the small small boxing world, these guys are quote unquote names. But you got them going at it for 30 minutes, dancing around, and there's no one in the crowd. Everyone's out partying before before the big big, big main event. No one was in the crowd. Did you guys see that? Am I, did you see oh, that? Yeah, oh, no, yeah. No. That was – I'd be embarrassed to go fight up they there. They looked out, and they were like – one guy I think was ex-military, Joe, and he was saluting, but there was no one in the crowd to salute to. And then uh, yeah. the other guy, he was raising his hands in victory, and like there was probably 200 people in there at the time. If that, there would have been 40. Yeah, well, the worst of it is the co-main event had a guy who couldn't make weight and got stripped of his title just before the fight, and then he won by punching the other dude in the back of the head. Yeah, that's <laughs> Floyd's boy, too. Food. I mean, like, what a, what a trash fight as the co-main event. And he event came out dressed like Cookie Mayweather. Monster? Yeah. What's that? What's that? He came out with that, like, head pillow and the fur. Oh, and yeah, and there, there's all that fur on his trunks, and he just looked yeah. like an idiot. And uh, He looked like he murdered man, Cookie Monster a- and was wearing his skin. What a what a joke as a co-main event to the biggest fight in the century. Yeah, like to that, you know, what I mean, like God Almighty, like at least at least do some work on the card, and that's one thing UFC does do right is they don't just stack the main event; they stack their cards. Right, so they throw some chicks in there. Yeah, what if like they, they would have put like the the redo of Nunez and Jeff Flinko or Jeff Chinko on there, Chef or something Chinko? like Chef Chinko on there, <laughs> and yeah, no, you know, actually, something like that. I actually do like this idea because then more boxers will get their name out there because more people watch. I mean, boxing's on all the time. Boxers do get paid here and there, but more people watch UFC than boxing. I think that's pretty clear. But if you put boxers, like, in the middle, I mean, you can shift an octagon into a square pretty easily. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, but, yeah, and, and well, Jerry, and, and why do people watch UFC more is because the third fight of the night or the second fight on the main card is almost just as attractive as the co-main, and the co-main is almost just as attractive as the main, car, as the main, uh, the main event. So yeah, it's like what you have to do is fast forward ten years into the future and and see which uh, sport is going to be winning because uh, the farm team is clearly with UFC and boxing doesn't have the. The farm thing team is, the UFC since they've sold has analyzed. had some disappointments. I mean, they're going to get their only real main draw at this point with John Jones testing positive for steroids again is McGregor. He might not come back. Like I wanted to see Nunez, but she didn't fight. I mean, GSP Bisbing's going to be a big fight, but there's some. I mean. Yeah, no, yeah, but McGregor, Nunez, I think she's coming back here in a minute to fight again. That's that's Nunez, and she's good. But, I mean, McGregor's stock, I think with the John Jones thing, even went up even more if that was even possible. Because now that John Jones, when we just thought he was back making that spectacular get-clean recovery tour, um, it got rained on by a failed drug test. And now, I think they're – I mean, Connor's really the only one. And now after this hype with Floyd, he's got his two belts to defend. I think his stock went up, and we didn't even think that was even possible any longer. So that's pretty. Yeah, cool. Connor. Yeah, Connor's really gonna have the UFC by the balls now, man. Without John Jones, uh, I, I mean, he if they, if they want him to come back around and fight, they better be willing to, you know, at least pay up better than they were before for one and two. Give him whatever fucking fight he wants. Which, speaking of UFC, the next guy who fights, who's supposed to be fighting Connor, will be the interim lightweight champion. And they will, both the guys fighting for it have Michigan ties. One of them is Tony Ferguson, who's from Muskegon, 
wrestled at Grand Valley before he moved out to San Diego to start training out there. And then the other one is Kevin Lee, who's from Detroit. I like Kevin Lee. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, that should be a good fight. I think that's coming up here in November on the UFC. I think Kevin Lee could be a star, too, if you listen to him talk. Oh, yeah, he can talk, too. Yeah, he's cocky or confident. So, confident. so say, say uh, I don't know, Kevin Lee wins for whatever reason. Uh, him and McGregor next? Yeah. Allegedly. Well, if you, if it's, you, the winner, about, it's the winner of that about, fight. Against McGregor next is what's supposed to happen. Do you think McGregor's McGregor. big enough to go up one weight class and move the fuck out of Woodley? That's what I want to see. Mm, I don't know, man. If you if you guys, I don't think. Do you and Joe know Kevin Lee? If you if you got to know his personality and you put him on the right stage, if you put a a press conference together with Kevin Lee and Conor McGregor, I think you'd be really surprised at how entertaining it would be. And the kid can fight. I mean, Tony Ferguson can kind of talk to a little bit. He does the UFC Tonight Show. Kevin Lee's better. At, at oh that, yeah, Kevin Lee's a better talking from a marketing standpoint. But I think Tony Ferguson is a better fighter. Yeah, he might beat his ass, so we won't, we'll never get to see it. But I think Kevin Lee is a is very marketable young guy. Yeah, like 20, 24, 25. I mean, I mean, with Kevin Lee, it could easily be he faces Tony Ferguson and loses, and then goes on another like three, four fight win streak and is right back in title contention. Well, we'll see how it plays UFC out. I think we're Kevin Lee. We're kind of digressing from the top. We're, lo- we're going from big to small. We're losing some some excitement. So I think we should go to the. Anyone else got anything to get off their chest on, on the McGregor Mayweather? I, I was just going to throw this out to you guys, because uh, no one has brought this up. Do you think there's a chance where McGregor says, "I'm good. I'm not going." Oh yeah, I, either. Look at it this way. Like I was thinking about uh, Ronda Rousey, and she was well on her way to having an action movie uh, career, where you know, big. Big uh, money without getting your head bashed in uh, was available, but after getting her ass kicked that that handily, uh, there's no way anyone's going to give her any credibility in the Hollywood scene. So you know, before that happens to McGregor, if I was him, coming up on 30 years old, got a beautiful kid, man, go for the money and uh, just uh, don't even step back in the ring. I think there's at least like a 30% chance that it's just McGregor's done. At least the yeah. hiatus. The ego, the ego is what pulls you back. Yeah, no, I think the thing, he just doesn't want to end on a loss, and that exactly. ego, you know, that makes him a great fighter is going to pull him back in the ring. But I think there's he's sitting there looking at his kid right now, like probably sitting on just a bed full of money. That's what I was going to say. The money in that little baby, I think, at least would in, uh, entice a and hiatus. And he's like a national a hero in Ireland. He probably doesn't hasn't oh. paid for anything in fucking He's at least going to take a break, man. I don't think he's going to jump into Octagon by like Christmas or anything. No, sure. I, th- I think he'll probably he's come gotta, back. My guess is if they bring Connor back to the UFC, especially to fight for the lightweight belt with the next fight being in November. Spring? It'll either be... The earliest would be February on the Super Bowl card, the card they do the night before the Super Bowl. There's also there's talk of that that Paul Maggiolani guy, which I've never heard of. Paul Maggiolani. Oh fuck! I can't him. say his name, yeah. but allegedly Malinaji. that Paul Maggiolani or whatever fuck his name is. Just call him Polly. Okay, Polly is pushing no, to Paulie. fight McGregor on St. Paddy's Day in the Barclays Center. Box him. That's Pauly. I mean that's that Polly's a little. Oh, twerp, oh the man. guy the guy he knocked out in sparring sessions. Yeah, he's a twerp. Well, man. here's the thing. That guy talks shit. So McGregor <laughs> brought him in literally to kick his ass. Like, Paulie Malinaji thought That's he was awesome. going in there to spar with him because he had a similar style to Floyd to help him out. And so they bring this guy who's an out of shape retired boxer in, and they have him go eight rounds. And he's like, That's kind of hard, you know, I'm out of shape. So the next time they bring him in and have him go 12 rounds just so Connor can whip his ass because Connor's fucking pissed at him. 
Yeah. That was just a whole joke. And Polly was going around just being a twerp, going out. He had his fit, like, little revival of fame. It, but there's no revival. That, it's the first time I've ever no heard one, of a fucking guy. Yeah, no one wants to see that fight. I mean, his name got out there. I mean, it's hard to pronounce. I don't. I I hope that doesn't happen. I would rather I, just see Connor just fight Kevin. What's Lee. hard with Malinaji? Malinaji's a dude. He's a twerp, twerp man. man. And he's trying to capitalize on somebody else's. Well, you said it was hard to fame. pronounce. He's the worst kind of person. Fine. He's a parasite. He's yeah, a tick, and he's a leech. I he, hate him. He's that guy that goes around like uh, what was that movie where the boxer becomes the the drug addict? It's like the the two, the two brothers. Southpaw? No, no, the two brothers. Warrior. And the guy goes around. He's like he ends up being like a meth. He's like I got a knockdown on you. Oh, I got a knockdown on Bale. Yeah, he's that guy going around oh, just saying yeah, I knocked yeah, you down yeah. once. I knocked you down once. He's just looking for looking for attention. Dude, he's the worst type of person in the entire oh, world. That's the Mickey Ward one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, the fighter, the fighter. That's that's the guy that he reminds me of, minus the drugs. But maybe he does drugs. I don't know. But, yeah, I hope that doesn't I, happen. I'd rather see him go back to the cage and get a W again, get back on track. Dude, if I was McGregor, I'd find that Paul guy walking down an alley at him like, oh, you want some? And I would fucking just suplex his ass and then fucking <laughs> break his arm in an arm bar and asphyxiate him. Seriously, talking shit. Yeah. McGregor's one of the most dangerous people on the fucking planet. You realize that. There's, like, maybe 200 people that can beat him in a fight. Maybe. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta just, realize like, uh, no holes bar, you can do anything. If you're, if you're gonna if you're gonna say oh uh, Connor's zero one in boxing, well who is he zero and one to? You can't say he didn't fight anybody. Yeah, he fought Floyd. Um, he picked he picked the best one to start with, so it's only downhill from there. All right, but let's take a little let's take a quick little break, and then we'll get into the the college football. Bum, 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 bum. RSF. And we're back, Revolutionary Sports Front. And um, yet another reason to kick off uh, Season 2 today is football is upon us, uh, college and pro. We're going to get into the Lions and the Packers and pro football in general next week. But this week, with college football starting Saturday, right? Yeah. Um, oh, technically well, technically it started last night, but that's because the Pac-12 has to like start early now because they want to be special. Right on. And if you follow the show, which we know you do, we, uh, we have a very divided show. Me and Tony are kind of the U of M representatives. Jerry, Alcohol U, a.k.a. State, and, and Joe. A.k.a. the best damn school in this fucking God-fearing land. And Joe's one of the ten Notre Dame fans around here, so <laughs> we're, pretty, we're pretty split up. And uh, we're going to go over the schedules for each team and kind of uh, gauge what's going on preseason, the rankings. Michigan's the only ranked one, but... Uh, going into the season and just see how uh, see how we think they're going to do and what's to come because it's been too long since we talked about college football and let's start now. All right, I mean, I I know we're both Michigan fans, Frank, but I'm not like a Michigan slappy like you are. <laughs> Whatever, you know, okay. I'm not over you here. Got that one out. Let's keep going. Let's keep flowing. But kind of so, are though, Tony. <laughs> but so I figure we'll start with Michigan. So, I mean. Let's see their schedule. They start off playing Florida down at, at Jerry World. Yeah, in Jerry World. That's a W. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's going to be an interesting one. It's I mean, later in the season I definitely give it to Michigan, but Florida's got like nine other starters sitting though because they got they're all gangsters. There's, there's six people and like none of them are starters. Oh, it said like starters on the article i read a They're couple weeks ago freshmen. i mean the, the thing is that florida hasn't had an off i i can't fathom it but florida hasn't had an offense since fucking tebow was there in like oh eight like their defense is stellar it's like they get like five players drafted every year off their defense and they haven't had a quarterback since that christian tim tebow 
half the team's probably on parole. <laughs> parole. <laughs> Their coach is out there taking butt naked pictures on a shark. Okay. <laughs> so you got to look in all seriousness, you got to figure that Harbaugh, he's got to be uh, just still really bitter uh, and coming out with a chip on his shoulder from last year. He got screwed in the Ohio State game. He's going to be coming into that game knowing it's a huge game on a huge stage. He's known for his um, histrionic behavior and his good coaching skills. It's going to be at the pretty much the biggest stage you can have in college football in Jerry World. You got to expect he's going to be the more well-disciplined guy. Michigan's going to be the more well-disciplined team. They're coming in ranked at 11th. I'm not kidding about Florida being undisciplined. I'm sure half their team isn't on parole, but a quarter of them probably are. And I think that uh, they'll come out and and win the game and start the season off the right way. I think that it's a uh, it's I mean, it's a nice name with Florida versus Michigan. I think it's a nice stage, but Michigan's going to win that game for sure. All right, then moving on. Uh, Sat- Saturday, two weeks from now, Michigan's home against Cincinnati. We can, we, we can skip. We can skip the games. We the automatics, if you, you know what I mean. Okay, so Cincinnati Air Force automatics. Yeah, yeah. They start the Big Ten schedule at Purdue, which is automatic. Yeah. Then they're home against Michigan State on October seventh. That could get ugly. Yeah, it's always a for know, Michigan. No, I'm joking. Oh, it's a rivalry game. It states on the rebound, right, Jerry? Oh, Come this on. is this is the redeemed team. They're 111th, right? No, they're like 60th, bro. All right, then. They follow that up, and they go to Indiana, which should be another easy win, I think. Hopefully. Of course, Indiana did play them pretty tight last year in that snowstorm. Then uh, the first after – well, the second-ranked team, the first-ranked team in the Big Ten they play is Saturday, October 21st, and they go to Happy Valley to play Penn State. Oof. That's, that's going to be a loss for Michigan. I don't know about that, man. I'd have to. I would, well, I don't know. I don't know about that, Jerry. What do you think? It's a tough place to play. It's a toss up. Yeah. So that could be one. What is that? Dude, the thing is, we haven't seen where any of these teams are going to look. Penn State had a really good year, won the Big Ten last year, but I think they caught lightning in a bottle. Going to be really shitty this year, so I'm going to give it to Michigan. Well, they would have had two push. losses in the Big Ten if they hadn't had a blocked field goal that they returned for a touchdown at the end of the Ohio State game. Okay, if we're just speculating without okay, reason or fact, we'd all be drunk. They won the Big Ten, Tony. I'm picking, a, I'm picking a W. If we're just speculating for now, I'll pick a W for now. I have the right to reserve, or the reserve the right to change that. Yeah, no, we're just kind of spitballing yeah. here. Then, on my birthday, Saturday, October 28th, Michigan's home against the Rutgers. Win, okay. Win. Fast forward to God. the yeah, stuff, He just had Tony. to plug his birthday in. I know. Let's go. Let's go. Big games. Big games here. All right. Then they're gonna probably beat Minnesota at home. Beat Maryland away. Then Saturday, November 18th. On the road to Wisconsin. That's an L. Win. Who started in the season ranked number nine. But, I mean, Ooh. they did also just lose their Dude, one linebacker. At one point, they were like 40-4 and four at playing at home. I mean, they beat LSU at Lambeau, and they're not as good of a team as Wisconsin at Wisconsin. It's, it's like a fucking Bermuda Triangle, man. Nobody goes in there and wins. And then the following, good. And then the following Saturday... Of course, they'll home. be at home for the game. Talk about backloading your schedule. You, you have to go at Wisconsin and then play what's been ranked the like number one team for talent in the country in Ohio State. You know, yeah. Michigan, Michigan could have a very brutal end to their season. Yeah, they could be sitting at ten and zero, ranked number one in the country, and lose both those games, and end up finishing third in the Big Ten East for a third straight year. I think you're giving well, Wisconsin if they're, if they're, too much credit. If you're Oh, God, we were just spitballing here. If you're going to go that scenario, they're 10-0. Maybe they do go to Happy Valley and win. But um, 
Ohio, Ohio State game, man, I, I can't I can't sit here and say Michigan's gonna win that one. Not after last year when they were, like Michigan was stacked and they still couldn't win. I mean, it does help that it's in the big house, and you might think they're going to try to like give some calls back to him because of what happened to him in Columbus. But Ohio State I is – That won't be enough. So we'll call that one a win on my end. And, uh, yeah, so that, <laughs> So you got them sitting at 12-0. They're going undefeated then. They're going, are they going to win the Big Ten Championship? So in one of those three that you mentioned between Happy Valley, Wisconsin, and Ohio State, they'll lose one. Let's hope it's not Ohio State because Harbaugh's got to get his first win against them. Um, so we'll call it maybe the Wisconsin one puts them at one loss in the final four, the playoff four, and that's just that spitballing. Like I said, we, I reserve the right, but they'll, they'll it's, be in the final really four. It's really hard to tell with college football until you see them on the field. So. I, I, will, I will say this, though. I think Michigan has a down year this year, but the talent that Harbaugh's been recruiting next year, uh, a little bit older, bigger, stronger, oh, faster. Next year, all of those um, five stars are going to be juniors, and they're going to be starting this year as sophomores, a lot of them. So. Yeah, so like it's, this year they work out their a, kinks. Next year yeah. they're experienced again. Like it'll be like last year's Michigan team, but probably better. Yeah. So I figure, all right, we're waiting for Gerard to step back real quick. But instead of going through state schedule individually, because that's kind of I think it's boring for the audience. We should have probably changed it. I think we should just let Gerard kind of give an overall general yeah, opinion general of state. Yeah, cause let's I, not go down the list again. That's too much. No, we don't have to go through the whole schedule. I mean, the way I'm looking at it, they're probably going to lose. They have to go to Ohio State and to Michigan. Those are both probably losses. They're home against Penn State. Those are the three ranked games. They're Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan. Probably lose that one too. I'm looking. I, I'm thinking they're going to go eight and four. This is going to be the turnaround season. This is last year. They were down. You also get Iowa at home too early on in the year. Okay, they don't have Bethard anymore, so I'm fine there. They're in tur- they're turning around. We're turning the wheels. This and you got the- you got Notre Dame at home. Yeah, that's probably a win. They're going to go about no, eight Notre four. Dame will blow you guys this is, out. This is the redeemed team. The next year they're going to be poised for something huge with Lewerke being a senior. That's this is where we're coming. The to. fuck is Lewerke? <laughs> He's the guy who's been playing quarterback all last season. Nobody knows him, man. But it's, just, it's the same thing. They went seven and six and won the Buffalo Wild Wings Bowl. Then the next year they win the Cotton Bowl. And the year <sighs> after that they make the playoffs. You know, this is the turnaround season. Some people were putting the over under this season. I heard at Michigan State at five. You got him at eight. Oh, right, I thought I'll take the over on that all day. All right, man. Put a hot dog on it. I mean, honestly, if you look at overall program wise, their linebackers are pretty good. D lines. Doing all right, even with some dismissals. But the back end of their secondary, their safeties are not nearly as good, and they're not that deep at cornerback. They only have about two corners that I would trust out there. So, I mean, it's going to be a tough year, but I think State does the best when nothing's expected of them. I think when the expectations got too high, the players let it go to their head. They had three great years in a row, 6-11 win seasons or something like that, or 5-11 win seasons in six years. They, they they didn't face adversity. Now they have adversity. They got some cancers off their team, and I think these guys really like each other, and they're going to win a lot of How games. How are they doing with the with the criminal stuff? Are they? Are oh, they they're they're, all, they're, all, they're not on the program anymore. They cleaned all that stuff up. The rape and all that. Alleged, but yeah, those guys aren't part of the program anymore. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah, no, uh, you guys got a nice like. I mean, you got Ohio State on November 11th, and that's the week after Penn State. So you got a couple of games back to back. They're tough. And you end with Maryland and Rutgers. So they should win the last two games of the year. Dude, they lost to Maryland last year, I'm pretty sure. I think they did. They won three games. But you should have won that game. Dude. Okay, one of my fu- funniest memories of this, of this show in college football is with Joe, and I was giving him a hard time about his Notre Dame team who's supposed to be classy and, uh, you know, the pride of the, the Midwest and all that. And I kind of was, you know, getting on him because especially his secondary was kind of – Getting a little edgy 
as far as um, the recruiting and all that stuff. And, Joe, you know what I'm talking about. Have they cleaned that act up in that secondary on the team in general, and how, how is Notre Dame going to fare out this season? And you know what I'm well, talking yeah, they, about. They kicked all those guys off the team, so they're not around uh, <laughs> pretty much when it happened. Uh, the secondary this year, I mean, they were all freshmen last year, so uh, they're all coming back uh, as sophomores. And uh, uh, the biggest thing for Notre Dame, I, I think, uh, is like pretty much the same as State. Like, I think they both had pretty forgettable years last year. And it's just gonna be a bounce back thing. The, um, they switched up their strength program, improved it a lot, got a big name strength coach there, and they uh, so they they all they all look a lot better than they did last year, and they got some new coordinators. So things are gonna look a little bit different uh, scheme wise for Notre Dame this year. We'll, we'll see what, we'll see if it pans out, man. I think they got a pretty tough schedule though. They got Georgia, uh, second game of the year. They got at Michigan State. They have USC who's ranked fourth right now. They're at Miami, and then they're at Stanford. So I think if we're going to lose any games, it's any one of those. Hopefully those are just toss-ups. We'll see. I mean, we'll see what, we'll see what USC looks like. But, um, yeah, Stanford looks pretty good. Well, for the listeners, I mean, so I, I, I'm just kind of assuming this. I haven't talked to you guys about it yet, but I think we're going to do the same thing kind of like last year with the NFL and and. uh NCAA we're gonna make like you know little football predictions each each episode each week we'll start getting back on track this season with the weekly shows and making the predictions each week for each each sport right yeah yeah. so yeah these are just you know we're spitballing man. yeah we're just talking about the overall health what do you think though what's your outlook for the record I got eight and four for Michigan State what do you got Notre Dame going Joe yeah so last year four and eight I'd say worst case scenario they flip it eight and four best case scenario they're nine and three ten and two Wow. I was gonna say, because I, I, I just think everybody comes back like they're only losing a couple guys. Honestly, the, the only guy that's really changing up is Brandon Wimbush, and he was arguably more talented recruited than Deshaun Kaiser was. So, yeah, no, I got Michigan probably going nine and three, possibly going ten and two though, because I think they can win one of those three games between Penn State, Wisconsin, and Ohio State there, and then. Uh, Michigan State, I got them eight and four, seven and five, depending on what happens in that uh, Notre Dame game. Because I have a feeling when they play Minnesota away and Northwestern away, they're going to drop one of those two. And then Notre Dame, I would say probably uh, seven and five, maybe six and six, depending on how good Navy is this year. Yeah, I, so I got, uh, and on my end, I'm going to stick so far, I'm going to stick with Michigan at one loss, uh, moving them, advancing them from 11th where they'll start to probably two or three at the end and being in that final four. And, uh, and anyone's got a shot once you make it to that final four. All right. Any other thoughts on college football? Oh, uh, we have one other big game the first weekend, Alabama versus Florida State. I think it's like one versus three, maybe. Yeah, one. something like that. Oh, shit. Uh, yeah, we got stacks for Sunday. We got Michigan State, Bowling Green for the kickoff at noon. People, make sure you get up, get your bush lights ready. It's hard for then me. Then we got Michigan, Florida at three thirty, and then when, a the, when is that? When is that? Next like, Saturday. Wow, this is a week from yesterday, and then we got the finale at the end of the night, Florida State, Alabama. I think that's going to be a pretty good game. It's yeah. hard for me to bet against Alabama like ever, but yeah, I just I'm going to miss. 
I'm gonna miss all of those games. I'll be uh, I'll be off in my honeymoon in Italy. So oh oh yeah, Joe got married by the way, everyone. <laughs> yeah, that was, part of the, that was part of the reason we weren't on the air for a little while. Yeah, we had a little Kyrie and uh, Kyrie and LeBron situation going on with with Joe. After you guys know the last episode of season yeah, one. Jerry muted Joe's mic, and then Joe walked off the show, got married, and we haven't heard from anyone since. And everyone thought that we quit the whole show because of that, but we're back for season two. Yeah, but Forgot to mention that in the beginning. Yeah, when we, when we were at Joe's wedding, though, we sat down, Jerry and Joe's agents, and got everything worked out. And that's why we're back for season two. Yeah, bitch better have my money. No, but yeah, guys, going forward, it's a, it's a new season. That's why we were gone for a little bit. Um, it's a it's new football season, a uh, new season for us. And we just figured it'd be a perfect Sunday to to start the show. We got a guest in town coming off the biggest fight ever, and football upon us. It's a it's a whole new time of year. We're not we weren't just gonna linger around like other shows and uh, talk to you and bore you to death with baseball and the Tigers and their bloodletting. So oh god, we uh hey hey they finally made their season interesting when they had a brawl the other day though. Yep, out of Three. all one hundred games, the funnest part is Miggy. Stuffing a double leg against the catcher, so yeah. <laughs> that was that was the most exciting part. But yeah, yeah no. After that, I I tweeted a video of it and I put uh, Tigers fans keep saying the Tigers are, are too boring to watch, and Miggy's like hold my own duels. I'm sure thousands of people saw that at Tony Preston underscore. It's at Tony Press. Oh, there you go. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think the only thing we have left we got talked about right now is the whole Kyrie Lebron drama. Good segue oh, there. That's a good segue. Uh, are we going to do the college football picks at the end then? We just did them. Well, no, I thought we were going to pick like the games this coming up this Saturday, dude, like we normally do. Come on. Win, win, win. Win, 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 win. Notre Dame's got Temple, State's got Bowling Green, and Michigan's Florida's got... not good enough. Yeah, I got Michigan, Michigan State, and Notre Dame. I got all the proverbial favorites. <laughs> Same. Okay, what? and then I was also going to say Alabama, Florida State, because that's the big one. Bama. 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 Roll Tide. I got Florida State in a merciless blowout, 56-12. You just hate Saban because he left your program. I hate Saban because he is Satan, all right? He's like the (laughs) – well, yeah, we all know that already. Dude, well, no shit. He's like the – he looks like the devil. Put two horns on him, and he's the devil from every movie ever. Jerry, Jerry's been waiting for that one because you know that's about to oh, be a yeah. sound bite. Yeah. yeah, he thought about that one last night. That's a good one. Yeah, he thought about that one like four weeks ago. All, he's, he's been waiting for that drop. All off season for that one sound yeah. bite. Well, some of you guys, you know, my guys out there running routes, you guys are out there partying. You know, I'm just doing my homework, you know, trying to study everything up. Okay. Hey, I got a, I got a, something to say about Alabama. Um, I got something to say. I got something to say. I'm a little I'm a little curious to see how good they're going to be this year. I, I don't know. They they drop a lot of talent every year. It's just and yet every year think? they I mean, still make the playoff. I know. It's just well, the SEC like isn't that strong anymore. It's not anything I, like it used I know. to be. I know. They're, uh, like, the SEC has a contract with ESPN, so they get all that fucking hype. Yeah, and they still act like SEC stands for suck, suck each other's cocks out there. I mean. <laughs> Every single time you talk to anybody who's an SEC fan, all they'll do is tell you how many teams SEC has in the top ten and the top twenty-five. And I'm not, and I'm not trying to blow up Notre Dame here, but I think that's why Notre Dame stands a chance on Georgia because I think a lot of SEC teams are overhyped. Well, Georgia doesn't play defense; that's their fucking problem. Georgia's, okay, I, so like, I like, I like Georgia's quarterback though. Like sure. Jacob Eason kid, he is fucking oh, yeah. sick. 
Yeah, he's good. I'm not gonna lie about that. He was, was he a freshman last year. Yeah, he's yeah, a true freshman. He yeah. looks he looks like he could play the NFL last year. He's like the biggest true freshman quarterback I've ever seen. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm just saying like Georgia always comes out ranked like top ten, and then they just end up going yeah, it happens like the every year. Capital the Capital One, uh, get me out of debt bowl or something like that. First of all, so. Michigan State won the Capital One Bowl on a black field goal. Well, Against Georgia? Yeah, back in the day. They also lost to Georgia. Oh, Isn't that when Georgia had no shot in Moreno? No, they had no shot in Stafford. They yeah, that was, that was against Stafford, yeah. No, they played him again when the, when it was uh, that green guy. They played him again. Okay. They came back. They threw like yeah. a pick six. They threw a bubble screen from the one two. They got pick six at the beginning. The dark was never had a pick six. You guys don't remember. Okay, you're yeah. you're losing a lot of people here, fellas. So so I'm um, uh anyway. do, do you wanna do you wanna do Kyrie and LeBron next week or do you really want to do it now? Because I feel like that could get long. I just I'm I just have one take on it. I want to see what you guys feel about it. I don't think we have to discuss anymore. Oh, I think we got plenty of time to do it. Well go ahead. I don't have much okay, to say. I about just it. have this take. Everybody's saying like I can't believe like Kyrie doesn't want to play with the blonde, blah blah blah. Like, why wouldn't you want to play with the best player in the world? Kyrie LeBron, wants to be the fucking star. That's Robert. That's not at all what I'm going to say. Kyrie does want to be a star, but LeBron's leaving after this season. So what Kyrie's going to be left with a steaming pile of shit after this season and he knows it. I'd want to get the fuck out of there too. If you know your wife was about to leave you, wouldn't you pull the trigger and do something fucked up? You know what I'm saying? Like, no, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, Tony had knows firsthand. No. I just, I don't, I don't understand how people don't understand what Kyrie's thinking. Like he has to deal with like, it being all about LeBron and being LeBron's fucking sidekick, Robin to his Batman. Well, he's going to find out and real quick. He went to one of the most racist cities in America. That trade's about to get uh, taken off. They're about to undo it. Yeah, because uh, Isaiah Thomas has that hip problem. No, but I totally get what Kyrie's oh, the, doing. I'll oh, see. That's breaking news Kyrie to me. won a title, that. and he's sick oh, of Oh, I didn't know that. He's way younger than LeBron. He has to look out for his future. You know what I mean? Like, okay, when I... Like, a girl gets a sugar daddy, like an older guy that's going to die. She's still planning for her future. She's planning for his death. Kyrie's got to be ready for LeBron leaving. That's all I'm saying. It's a pretty morbid way to put it. But, yeah, I, <laughs> I just I – th- I feel bad for LeBron. If what you just said is true and, the, and that that's not going to go through, he's just going to be in limbo, which could be – I think we can all agree that LeBron is still in his prime, but this is pretty much his last twilight of his prime. And so he's just going to sit on a team and uh, and just get left hanging out to dry for the last season of his prime – and with no chance to win, you know, I think that's bad for him. I'm, I don't care about Kyrie. I think Kyrie's an asshole, to be honest. He couldn't ride it out a little bit longer. Well, if Kyrie stayed and signed a deal. He's going to get left with a team with no LeBron. The well, Cavaliers if he wants to be the man, if he wants to be the man, then what, whatever. But yeah, but LeBron, like, is without LeBron on that team, that team's a bunch of fucking— He's probably sick of watching J.R. Smith jack half-court shots, dude. Get me the <laughs> well, fuck out of Well, I'm just saying, here. when LeBron was on that team— But he's about was, to end up right back in Cleveland now no, but listen, because the trade's going to get undone. When LeBron was on that team and there was a bunch of bums, they went to an NBA championship. If Kyrie was on there, they'd be a lottery team again. So what does that say? If he wants to have his own team, he's not the no, man then. I, I agree. I, that's not the conversation I'm saying. I'm saying he's just jumping— hey, He's going to have Kenny, Kelly Olynyk now. He's taking a fucking who? Kyle Linux on the Knicks, bro. He is. Yeah. Oh. They signed up for like six million dollars or some shit like God that. God damn it! No, I don't know. He was like the well, Boston was... fav- favorite because he was the only like, guy on the team. Well, I'm saying this: everybody in the media is acting like they don't know why Kyrie's doing what he's doing it, and it's like the most simple solution ever. Like I don't understand why people are perplexed about it. I would do the exact same thing if I was Kyrie. Yeah, here's the thing: he doesn't want to end up in Cleveland of all fucking cities. After LeBron's gone, who wants know, to be in Cleveland to begin with? It's like asking a person why they're leaving a burning building. Like the building's on fire, that's why I'm leaving. That's Kyrie. Yeah, Cleveland's on fire. 
Everybody hates Dan Gilbert. They got rid of their I, GM, I, which everybody likes. Yeah, I have a feeling well, that LeBron's uh, basically Boston is just GM. a much more desirable city than Cleveland is. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, you could go to Chicago, Boston, or Cleveland. Um, well, I'm not going to go to Cleveland. Why don't you so move to Chicago? Why don't you Chicago or Boston? You know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, Boston has Danny Ainge running the show, and he's done a pretty good job. So, yeah, it makes sense. Go to Boston. And the Cavaliers tried to get rid of Kyrie. They almost traded him for Bledsoe and Paul George. Yeah. Plus, Boston Boston just got Hayward, another good young player. And they got, got, what's his name, Horford? Jason, Jason Tatum. Oh, yeah, yeah, Jason Tatum, another Tatum, really good young player. And they player. have Jalen Brown, who but, should be starting at shooting guard. Well, what's, a, what's the other big guy's name? Uh, Al Horford? They got Al Horford. He's still balling. Yeah, so, Out I mean, they got they have good players over there. Uh, much, much, much better setup than in Cleveland after LeBron leaves. I mean, after LeBron leaves in Cleveland, but let's face it, it's done for years. I mean, unless they magically draft another LeBron, like the next one, uh, which won't happen. I think um, their luck's ran out, man. Yeah, I mean it's 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 that they got the title, they they got the story, uh, they fig- they somehow figure out how to beat Golden State, and like that that's it, man, it's done. I mean, and Golden how State's fickle win, is like, LeBron? All that I'm coming home crap, and that P Diddy song, I'm coming home, all that bullshit, and they're just gonna dip after fucking four seasons. I don't. Yeah, I thought that was pretty pretty. Lo- yeah, know, pretty but he got a championship. The song he should be playing is "I'm a Rambling Man." You know what I mean? I've been to Reno, Fargo, Minnesota. <laughs> Well, hey, he yeah, came he, back and he got him a title, man. He got that title so he could yell, Cleveland, this is for you. That's the only title they'll probably ever get in any sport, in any way. So I think that he did him more than Pump they'll the ever breaks. get. I got the Browns winning the Super Bowl this year. Good for you. <laughs> After they is, almost went 0-16. You really? heard it here first. Well, look, that is a little crazy. All right. Here, here, go, well, ahead, go ahead, Joe. So LeBron leaves Cleveland. Where is he going? That's what I want to know. Uh... I think the Lakers are the most desirable location because of what he can do with his media and his brand, but there's no way he wants to play in the West. So I honestly think really? even though James Dolan is a fucking uh, – James Dolan is a little bit of a horrible owner. I think he ends up in New York. Sure, let him ride it Porzingis. out. Let him ride off into the sunset in New York. That sounds good to me. I, I really don't have an answer for that at this point. I don't know. That sounds good to yeah, me. What's, Corey, it, what's, what's in Corey New York? Because the Knicks haven't been a dumpster fire for the last decade. Yeah, but he could turn anything around. Or else he fucking goes to Creep and play for Jordan and shit and go to Charlotte or something. Who the fuck knows? No. No, he will not go to Charlotte. It's about to I be think, I think, the decision 2.0. I think, I think you kind of hit it down the head. It's either L.A. or New York, like the two biggest cities in the nation. Like, he's going to go to one of them. I, I mean, if... If you wanted to be smart about it, you go to LA now that they got this this kid Lonzo Ball, and then they got uh they got a few other good young pieces. I mean, he pretty much completes the puzzle and gets those guys moving toward toward championships. But at the end of the day, guys, he's still got to compete with Golden State. Yeah, and no, Golden I, State's fucking. Yeah, sick. I just don't see him wanting to go through that as his body gets older. The West just has so many more good teams. The Timberwolves are about to be good. Portland's good. Houston's good. The Clippers are all right. The Lakers are coming back. The Jazz ain't like it. Just the East is a the whole East is o- dumpster OKC fire. just got Paul George. Yeah, like he doesn't want to have to deal with that night. And it's going to be somewhere in the East. The question is just yeah. where. Well, I don't know, man. That's enough basketball for me to be honest. Until it keeps going, Wayne, I don't Wayne, know. If, Wayne, Wayne, we keep talking. But I feel like this is going to be the second attempt at a conclusion that I do, and this will be the last one for me. But it's a new season. It's a new day. It's a new beginning for RSF. We new weren't going anywhere. Us. Joe's married. We, we're still on the show. Thanks to <laughs> my pops for, still, for being a special guest, Johnny Walker. 
Uh, Black label, blue label. Shout out to the Houston people. Go Preds. Shout out to the Houston people. We hope you're okay. I mean that sincerely. I had a bunch of fun. I don't think we missed a beat. I don't think we were rusty at all. What the fans decide. I think I was hilarious, personally. Tony, I haven't said this in a long time, but pay the bills. All right. So, as always, you can find us on (laughs) Facebook.com. At, or you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash revolutionary sports front, twitter.com slash RSF podcast, uh, revolutionary sports front on Instagram. Jerry actually posted some nice pictures on there from the wedding. If you want to see some behind the scene shots of uh, Joe's wedding there, of course, congratulations once again to Joe on getting married finally. Appreciate it. It was a bash. No one wanted to leave. We're about, oh, yeah. to, we're about to rebel and burn that place down, but you know. We had a great we, fucking we time. We went and burned down the hotel instead. Yep. And then uh, revolutionarysportsfront.com is the website. And you can email the show directly at revolutionarysportsfront at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, downloading, and subscribing. And thanks for being a part of the sports revolution. Adios, amigos.